Alright. Arc 5, Chapter 30, Tiger and Cat Under the Moon. I'm sorry, I wasn't expecting guests, so that house isn't very tidy. Mm, we don't mind. It looks clean. Be clean. Mimi's room looks a lot more chaotic. <laughs> That's no good. The woman casually stroked Mimi, who sat on the sofa, kicking her legs and looking very comfortable. Mimi made happy noises, completely relaxed around the woman. Immersed in the scene, Garfield looked silently at the woman. Her long blonde hair flowed down to her waist, her skin was fair like snow, her slim body retained woman's curves, and her face, soft face displayed a pair of calm, emerald eyes. Her youthful appearance suited that of a woman in her mid-twenties, but Garfield knew that she should be in her mid-thirties. The fact that it did not match up to Garfield's expectations was precisely the source of his confusion. Gorgeous tiger son, does tea not match your taste? I'm sorry, I didn't even think to ask you what you'd like to drink. The woman, a woman who claimed to be Riala Thompson, frowned at the silent Garfield. She was shaken back into awareness by her voice. He looked down at the cup of tea that had been served in front of him and hurriedly grabbed it. No, no. My amazing self was just been a bit silly. I'm just thinking that this room's unusually big. That's all. Hmm, is that so? My family's very big and so is our house. But that makes it hard to clean. It looks like I was careless again. Riala accepted Garfield's hurried excuse without a trace of doubt, laughing elegantly, putting her hand on her mouth. She was dressed in well-tailored clothing, suitable for living in a mansion that could only be described as large. Her smile, her sweet tone, everything about her struck Garfield with nostalgia. However, Riala spoke not a word of Garfield's gaze. This detail alone gripped Garfield's heart with pain. The woman who claimed to be Riala Thompson looked exactly like the woman who had been imprinted clearly into his mind, Rashia Tinzel, Garfield's mother. Garfield's separation from his mother had happened shortly after his birth, back when he had no self-awareness, so obviously his memories of his mother's were scant. Even so, Garfield knew every detail of her face after seeing her in that detestable tomb where the trial had been hosted. There, he witnessed his separation from his mother. Her face, her voice, her love. Garfield knew them all from the trial. And that same trial had shown him the unfortunate death that had reached her shortly after her departure. So, to Garfield, seeing his mother again was an impossible dream. But, if that was so, then who was the woman in front of him? Mimi-san, your ears look so soft. Would it be possible for me to touch them? Please, go ahead! Rayala happily reached out to Mimi, who reached out her head and stroked Mimi's ears with a look of contestment, or contentment. Mimi's smile was only that of a little girl could wear. They were an odd pair, a tiny beastman and a suspicious thug-like demi-human, but they had been invited in without a second thought. This woman had simply no sense of wariness. Such attitudes were, to Garfield, all associated with motherliness. His mother, Russia, had been quite the unfortunate woman. Her parents had lost everything to debt and had sold to her to a group of slave traders, who were in turn ambushed by demi-human bandits. They had made Riala their plaything. Somewhere along the way, she had been pregnant with Frederica, and as this, his mother's stomach swelled, the bandits simply, simply abandoned her. After that, she was taken in by different bandit thieves and spent a long time with them. 
His older sister Federica had grown up in that group of bandits and remembered those times. Although she did not talk about it, the fact that Riala departed as soon as she became pregnant with Garfield indicated that it had been a rather poor environment. Suffering misfortune after misfortune, Riala wandered around with her daughter while carrying a child. Fortunately, she was soon rescued by Roswell, a pompous noble. He had made her a proposal. He would take them to Sanctuary, where they would be given food, safety, and shelter. In Sanctuary, Garfield was born, and Ryuzu became his guardian. Life had treated his mother in a way that could only be summed up as cruel. However, his mother's personality was unknown to those who had only heard her stories. Those who really knew his mother would never give her life of such an unfortunate evaluation. Ah, uh, Reisha, that girl is always inexplicably, weirdly optimistic, always looking towards the future. Despite suffering through the painful days where she could have died, she'd always say, Maybe something nice will happen tomorrow. Even if today's hard, tomorrow may be better. Like a little child, she's always looked forward to the little happy things in life. Honored mother was. She may have been dismissed for... as a foolish woman by other people. To be honest, I believe that she never really grasped the lessons on how to best survive. But she was an incredibly wonderful person. That is one thing I can say for certain. I love our mom with all of my heart, and I am happy to be her daughter. Is this about your mother, Reshia-san? Right. Although I never had too many chances to chat with her face to face, but she was a strange person. Or maybe it's better to say incredible. She was much more sensitive to happiness than most people. She was always cheerful, finding happiness in even the worst of situations. Yes, that's not something I disliked. Ryuzu, Federica, and even Roswell all spoke fondly of her. Within Sanctuary, anyone who had known his mother had said the same thing. She was someone who always was relaxed and happy. If that had been the case, she would not have been left to look for Garfield's father foolishly, who had more than likely encountered misfortune, and then she had immediately suffered another misfortune and died. And what happiness did she get? He had never found the answer as to where his mother's happiness was. If I couldn't find it, I should have just given up. Nails dug into the palm of his hand as he clenched his fist, to the point blood was about to gush. He should have given up, but he had never understood that. It had taken a long time, but he had finally grown to accept it. This was plainly the case, but why now had she appeared again? As she had always been with a carefree and cheerful attitude that told them that she did not know him. In order to keep her from noticing, he had resigned himself to secretly observing her expressions and behaviors. Nothing felt unnatural. It was strikingly clear that this was his mother that had treated him as a stranger, as if it were completely natural. Was this her answer? She had a new life, unaware of Garfield. She led her happy life. She had attained happiness like this by driving away the promises that she had once made. I don't care to know about your affairs. Was what the, his mother's answer to? Mother! Mom, I'm hungry! Garfield had been silent as Mimi and Riala played around. Brother and sister joined them in the living room, 
after their after to their rooms to change. The sister cast a stern look at Garfield and then immediately huddled close to her mother. Mom, tell the guests to go home, and then we can eat. As an older sister, what are you saying? Gorgeous son and Mimi took care of Fred when he nearly drowned. We are indebted to them. About that, couldn't it be that gorgeous person was the one who did it? So he could come to our house and take advantage of our generosity? Maybe he wants money. Hey now, that's going too far. But you're right. We have to thank him for Fred. Should we give him money? Mom! The sister, who had realized that her words were about to become the reason for her family's bankruptcy, flew into a panic. On the other hand, Riala, who failed to grasp the reason for her daughter's rant, glanced around in confusion. For Garfield, that smiling interaction between parent and child made breathing harder than walking barefoot on thorns. Draining his tea in one gulp, Garfield set his cup down with a clang. Since my amazing self doesn't seem to be welcome here, we'll be leaving. No particular reason. Although Garfield wanted to leave, Mimi continued to resist. However, as if he had not heard her, Garfield picked her up. As he stood to go, Rial looked distraught while her daughter cast a smirk at him. Well, Garfield would respect her feelings, and with that thought... Don't go, gorgeous tiger! Seizing the hem of Garfield's pants, the little brother blocked his way. For a second, for reasons unknown to him... Garfield hesitated to shake off his little hands, but... Fred, honestly, you're... As the younger brother advocated for a suspicious criminal's stay, the older sister placed her hands on her waist in anger. Riala clapped her hands, capturing everyone's attention before the sister jumped her brother. Everyone, look. It's not good to not get along. You're pushing our guests to leave. Fred seems to want them to stay, so don't force them to do anything, Oni-chan. But, Mom! No buts. Gorgeous-san and Mimi stay here for a while, won't you? It'd be a delight to share dinner with you. And tonight's meal is my best dish. Mom, you call everything your best dish. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't that be obvious? Mom always tries her best on every dish for you. Everyone present wore a panic expression towards Riala, who flexed her bicep. But Garfield more so than anyone else. This harmonious atmosphere, it cut deeply into Garfield's heart. Riala's words cast upon him a unique sense of happiness and helplessness. Accepting her invitation would be the worst possible thing that Garfield could do. Sorry about your invitation, but a few of my companions are waiting for me. They'll be worried if we're late, so we should be heading out soon. Suppressing the pain in his chest, Garfield prayed that his voice would not tremble. At his answer, the sister's face became stiff, and Riala frowned, her gaze cast down, and... I understand. There is no point in forcing you to stay if it bothers you. It's like what they say, show your guests hospitality and soiree. <laughs> that exchange had been the one that had hurt Garfield the most on this day. Losing to Reinhard in that duel, the initial impact of seeing Riala looked so minuscule, so utterly trivial compared to how he was feeling now. Unconsciously, Garfield placed a hand close to his chest, as if needing to confirm whether his body had been torn or not. And to that, Garfield state, Garfield, let's go. 
Mimi, who had refused to leave until then, gently took Garfield's hand in hers and began leading him away. Facing her concern, Garfield obeyed silently, so, with her hands on the handle of the living room door, ready to go outside. I'm home. Oh, do we have guests? On the other side of the door appeared the figure of a gentleman sporting a magnificent beard. He appeared to be a man wearing well-tailored clothing and gave off an energetic atmosphere. From the tone of his voice, from his facial features, he seemed to be a man of accomplishments. At that man's appearance, the children scrambled to their feet with joy. Then, that man would be... Hmm, I haven't seen this stranger's face before. Dad, this is Gorgeous Tiger! He's a suspicious person. What? Faced with the sharply contrasting attitudes of his son and daughter, the father tilted his head in distress. He turned to Riala, who stood quietly in the living room. Under the man's loving gaze, Riala loosened her cheeks. Garfield had hit his limit. It ain't that big a deal. We were going anyway. Leaving that sentence behind, Garfield grabbed Mimi and hurriedly pushed his way out of the room, scrambling toward the door as if running away. Gorgeous Tiger! From behind, a sad voice called to Garfield. However, Garfield had no response to that call. Who was, was gorgeous? gorgeous? Oh. <clears throat> what was Tiger? He was Garfield, not Gorgeous Tiger. Where was that golden tiger now? A tiger was strong, powerful creature, could not be shaken by anything. Where was the tiger now? A real tiger wouldn't be affected by such things, would it? Oh! <laughs> it hurts! <sighs> Too focused on his thoughts, Garfield did not notice the cry of sharp pain. He did not notice until Mimi had broken free of his vice grip extracting her hand from her, his nails, which had been digging into her. Her small hand was now swollen and blue. Sorry, my amazing self was... Arf, you were weird at that house too. My hand really hurts. Mimi mumbled quietly, and Garfield smacked his forehead with his hand. They fell into an awkward silence as the Watergate City's moist wind caressed their faces. The sun had fallen from the sky completely, the city shrouded by the light emitted by the magic stones. The sunshine on the water's surface was replaced by light from the magical lamps, but he was in no mood to enjoy that scene's mysterious and quiet beauty. Hey, you two, over there. Someone approached Garfield and Mimi with gasping breaths. Looking up, the magic light revealed the man from before who had shed his coat. Finally arriving in front of the two, he put his hands on his knees, panting violently. <sighs> I finally caught up. This won't do. I used to be more energetic. And I'm completely out of shape now that I've gotten a desk job. Do you need anything from us? Garfield indicated that he was not interested in the man's words. The existence of this man, although not to the degree of Rial's children, also caused distress in Garfield. His voice was full of harshness, but the man paid no mind to it placing his head on his head, uh, displaying his embarrassment. No, I heard from my wife that you two were benefactors of my son. It'd be completely unjustifiable if I never displayed any gratitude. It's... it's... no big deal. I should talk so big like that, my amazing self will be embarrassed. Everything involving my kids, 
no matter what, is incredibly important. Saving him from danger makes it even more important. Really, if you need anything at all. Oh, uh, I'm really sorry. My name is Garrick, Garrick Thompson. Despite how I look, I work at Prestilia City Hall. So if there's anything I can do to help you... Really, we're... A man who had a way with words, Garfield, who wished to leave as soon as possible, was suddenly at a loss for words when trying to get away from Garrick. But if you were indeed Riala's husband, if you really knew her then... My amazing self's got only one question. Would it be okay for you to answer? Yes, anything. No matter what, I'll do my best to answer. Garrick responded to Garfield with a benevolent smile. The same was true of Riala too and their son Fred. This entire family was too kind for their own good. Only their daughter had any proper sense of suspicion. With that in mind, Garfield was very cautious in his choice of words. Your wife, Riala, what's her name? Hmm? As soon as Garfield posed his question, the atmosphere shifted. The smile faded from Garrick's face. He pondered Garfield's question silently for a few moments before replying in a level voice. What do you mean? I, I mean it literally. It's like, no matter what, Reed plays a straight game, right? Playing with words ain't my style. Tell me, your wife, is her name Resha instead of Reala? <laughs> Garrick's expression had been unsettled by Garfield's straight-to-the-point statement. Garrick took a moment to swallow before his voice escaped his mouth. You... Do you know anything about my wife? My amazing self also wants to know that. <sighs> Garfield responds sincerely to Gar Garrick's trembling voice. At those words, Garrick fell into silence as if he were thinking. Waiting for his reply, Garfield took Mimi's good hand into his own. Glancing up at him, she smiled as she usually did. It seems that I should tell you the truth. As Garfield looked sideways at Mimi's smile, Garrick spoke with a sigh. His voice was weighed with fatigue and powerlessness. Garfield frowned, waiting for his next sentence. Then... My wife, Relia, has no memories from before our meeting. Fifteen years ago. Garrick had met Riala before becoming an influential person in the city of Pristilla, back when he was merely a merchant rooted in Pristilla. On that day, on his way back from negotiations that had taken place far from the city, Garrick, who had been driving a dragon carriage, had found his path blocked by a landslide. The business deal had broken down, and Garrick could not stand the frustration of having to face even more misfortune while on the road, as he struggled to repay a loan. Then, in that tragic landslide, he found a woman buried alive. It had been a miracle. There was no other explanation. Refusing to make a detour, Garrick had desperately wondered if he could still follow his original route. Around that time, the heavy rain finally stopped, and Garrick's full field of view returned. Garrick had come across a landslide not long after it had happened, meaning that the woman had been buried for a fairly short time. As a result of the various miracles that were overlapping, Garrick had found and rescued the woman who was still breathing. She had been covered in mud, and he had found no luggage near her. Taking the unconscious woman to his dragon carriage, Garrick immediately rushed to a nearby town where she was taken to a clinic and awaited her rehabilitation. 
At the time, her condition was incredibly pericous. She had a high fever and had various injuries and bone fractures from the landslide. Her heart even stopped at one point during treatment. As the unlikely situation carried on, both the people at the clinic and Garrick struggled to help her, hoping for her recovery. Why had Garrick wanted to death so desperately to save her? There had been, indeed been a reason yet unknown to him, which explained his actions. He was grateful to everyone's efforts from the bottom of his heart. Hard work paid off, and she survived. Although she was still heavily wounded, I remember being relieved when it became clear her life was no longer threatened. She woke up shortly after. It took a week. I stayed in the city, waiting for her to wake up. The failure of negotiations had made the future of Garrick's company grim. In that situation, wasting time equated wasting money. Garrick did not understand why he had been restraining himself from his tra travels, but something unknown kept Garrick rooted there. Then, after a week, the woman woke up. After her awakening, the people rejoiced. She spoke to the crowd gathered around her with a trembling, faint voice. Who am I? Who am I? Were her first words. The woman had forgotten her name. No, not just her name, she had forgotten everything. Who was she? Where did she come from? And what was she trying to do? What had happened before that cliff had collapsed? Everyone was at a loss regarding her treatment, as she could not remember her family members. All she had were the clothes she was wearing during the accident. Sewn on the fabric were the only discernible letters of her names, or perhaps even an acronym. An acronym. Ray. Influenced by the name of a blossoming flower, I decided to call her Relia. Then, I planned to take care of her until her wounds had fully healed. Her wounds healed little by little, and soon enough she was discharged from the clinic. Riala, even having nowhere to go, remained a cheerful woman. She treated that terrible accident as if it had never happened, and she had the power to make all of those interacted with had a smile. In her situation, it would be impossible not to feel uneasy. The loss of one's own memory were equivalent to losing one's own existence. But if she carried on smiling, because she felt it necessary to do so. Or perhaps, or maybe it was because she was concerned for the people around her. But the most important reason was that she did not see herself as unfortunate. The nervousness from confessing to her, asking her to come with me, is still fresh in my memory. The time between my question and her reply was probably the most anxious I'd ever been in my life. Even more so when I proposed marriage to her. So, accepting Garrick's proposal, Rial went to him to Priscilla. The reason why he had refused to abandon her, the reason why he had waited so long for her to wake up, was incredibly simple. At that moment, when he dragged her from that landslide, carried her to his dragon carriage, and cleaned the mud off her face, Garrick fell in love with her instantly. My business, which had been unlucky until I took in Relia, improved quickly. The people around me said that it was all thanks to my talent. Ridiculous. It was all thanks to Relia. She brought me good luck. She blessed me. So now I can be a merchant like this. A city manager. And a father. I love my wife, and our children are both very cute. I used to care about her past, but at this moment, no matter who she was before, 
I consider my wife my most important person. Garrick finished speaking about everything, from the first encounter to the present, and concluded thus with embarrassment. Garfield, who had been silent from beginning to end, listened intently, looking up at the sky. In the darkness, stars were scattered everywhere. The glorious full moon and the glitter of the stars were probably looking down at his current thoughts. I am very sorry to ask this of you, but I cannot help but do so. <sighs> what is the relationship between you and my wife, Relia? This, how cruel was this question? His line of sight fell from the sky to Garrick in front of him. Garrick's gentle eyes held firm determination as he gazed at Garfield. He would not be so insensitive as to misunderstood, misunderstand what Garfield would say, or what emotions he had held. And so Garfield knew exactly which answer would be correct. Opening and closing his mouth, breathing, exhaling, inhaling, breathing repeatedly. Heartbeat fast, eyes dazed, a burst of pain in his head, the need to retch. The swirl of mixed emotions tightened his chest, already on the verge of collapse. Mimi gripped his hand tightly. My amazing self has... nothing to do with your wife. There, he had said it, said it out loud. With that sentence, the vortex swirling in Garfield's heart swiftly vanished. He was left with only a suffocating sense of loss. Garrick, who stood in front of him, lowered his head as if he had made a mistake, not wanting to look Garfield in the face, speaking with a trembling voice. I feel so sorry. With a look of unnatural pain, he bowed. However, Garfield did not want to see Garrick's reaction. Enough. He had enough already. Stop. He wanted to leave. Wanted to stop being hurt. What had gone wrong? Whose fault was it? Was it his own fault, or was it Garrick's fault? Who should be to blame? Who should he crush? Who should he eat? Who should he send flying? What could he do? To end the pain in his heart, to make it vanish, disappear to parts unknown. Honey, <laughs> this is great. Gorgeous Son and Mimi are still here. <laughs> Those words echoed with immense volume. Grief and turmoil raised his no the noise, making so intense it could kill. To Garfield, on this day, its appearance was immensely scarier than a knife. Aurelia, why? You left in such a hurry, but I didn't want you to go home empty-handed, so... While Garrick was surprised by his wife's appearance, Riel winked, walking by him. Then she approached a stunned, stiff Garfield, stretching out her hand. These are some sweet soiree that I made. Although it's not much of a sign of gratitude, I'm still proud of it, so I hope you'll accept it. Ugh. Her smile held not a trace of malice. Stubbornly, Garfield refused to speak. His exchange with Garrick had opened old wounds, preventing him from being able to speak to Riala. Anyone able to read the mood would have understood the meaning of his silence, and yet. Oh, a dessert! That's so much fun! Amazing! I'll share it with the lady! Obviously, Mimi smiled at the bag of sweets presented by Riala, completely neglecting to notice the atmosphere. Garrick looked shocked, and Carfield was speechless, but only Rial laughed in joy at Mimi's reaction. <laughs> I'm so glad you like it, and please, go share it with the one you call Lady. Okay, understood, uh, under, uh, understood. After saluting with a hand that was not being held by Garfield, a hand still displaying a bluish hue, 
Mimi put that container in her pocket and clapped Garfield on the back. She had applied enough power that he couldn't help but enter a coughing fit, and Mimi smiled. Well, this time, we're really leaving! Gorgeous Tiger and Gorgeous Mimi will see you later! <laughs> Alright, safe travels! Take care not to fall in the water, Gorgeous-san! Mimi took Garfield's hand, and Rial waved as they left. Smiling, Mimi turned back and waved, only for Riala to wave even more vigorously. Only two men had been left with pained expressions after the smiling farewell. Like this, Garfield was led along the path to the side of the waterway by Mimi, his arm being pulled. Mimi did not speak to Garfield, walking until Riel had long vanished from view. Hey, Midget. Over here! Garfield wanted to stop Mimi, but was suddenly interrupted. Mimi, still holding Garfield's hand, rapidly leapt onto a three-story building stone, ascending with the use of footholds. Garfield was pulled along, of course, but forced to take the same pace as her. With a few leaps, the two had reached the top of the building. Hmm, feels so good. So good, my ass. What are you pulling just now? As Mimi bathed in the breeze, Garfield turned around to confirm her intention. However, he saw that Mimi was staring at him, her face devoid of a smile. He saw himself reflected in her large round eyes, and Garfield did not understand the unease brewing in his heart. Faced with Garfield's silence, Mimi's expression suddenly broke. Uh, Arf, you want to cry? Huh? What are you saying? Why'd my amazing self cry? I know that Garf is strong, but you shouldn't put on that strong act. Riala, she's Garf's mother, right? <laughs> At Mimi's unexpected question, Garfield held his breath. She had actually grasped the flow of the things. If she didn't need know of Garfield's circumstances, then that conclusion would be easy to make. However, Mimi knew nothing about Garfield's family. Her ability to discern the truth was really rather impressive. The fact that she had brought up that horrifying topic in such a straightforward manner shook Garfield, and he hesitated. Why would you think that? Arf and Riala smell super similar, and both of Riala's children also smelled a bit like Garf. That's why. Her assumption was not based on logical reasoning, but on something innate, and thus she could see the truth clearly. If Mimi had inferred her conclusion from Garfield's words, he could have made attempts to hide his past, but like this, Garfield was unable to deny it. His legs giving out, Garfield looked up at the sky in a daze. But the stars and moons were unchanged, and just as before, they were looking down at Garfield. So, oh, is that right? Is Riala Garf's mother? <laughs> My amazing self doesn't know. Is that woman still my amazing self's mother? At Mimi's words, Garfield covered his face with his hand. He did not know. That truly, unmistakably, was the feeling swirling in Garfield's heart right now. Riala was unmistakably Russia, just as Garrick had said, and as her actions up to this point had demonstrated, Riala had completely forgotten that she was Russia. Forgetting everything, Russia had found a new start as Riala, Raising her children, living happily. Ah, uh, come to think of it, that'd make those two kids my amazing self's little brother and sister. Although he had only realized it just now, those siblings, their father, a different person from his own, related to him in the same way he was related to Frederica. 
In other words, those siblings were his own lovely younger siblings. It had been a relationship he had longed for ever since his childhood, being the youngest between himself and Frederica. Wouldn't it be nice if he could enjoy that relationship without the circumstances that surrounded it? Even if my amazing self tells her about my heritage, nothing would change. Rayala had forgotten her time as Rescia. Even if Garfield spilled everything he knew, the 15 years she had spent as Rial would still remain unchanged, and the 15 or so years she had spent as Rescia would remain lost. Only Rayala would then be saddled with the burden of 15 years of guilt, feeling like she had lost her life as Rescia. That was unnecessary. Garrick would only be able to witness his wife's suppression, and their children would only be able to watch their mother's suffering, while being completely unaware of its cause. Doing so would only be for Garfield's own sake. Garfield would be the only one gaining from having Rayala accept that she would be Rescia. Neither Federica nor Ryuzu knew of Rescia's survival. If Garfield said nothing, the two of them would never know. The member of Rial's family would not know of her past without Garfield's testimony. If they learned of it, those happy times would most likely be lost rather than preserved. All of it would be for taking all of it all all it would be take all of this to be success oh, okay. Successfully resolved was to have Garfield hide everything, hide all of his feelings accumulated in his chest, and let go. <laughs> Why is my amazing self? Could he not even find the curse to throw it away, to forget, to bury it deep within himself? Tiger. Tiger. Where did you go? Show me the right path. Only he could bear everything, take on everything alone, and still have the strength to stand up. Tell me, Tiger. Tiger. A true tiger with the strongest existence, second to none. Holding my head, biting down on my molars, lamenting the feelings swirling back and forth, mixing together. And then I noticed. It's okay. In the next moment, I noticed that my head was being placed gently and stroked and hugged by small bosom. Dill <sighs> collapsed on the ground. I was grabbed by Mimi from behind in a hug. Resting her chin on my head, her small palm gently stroked my head. That tender touch of my back, moving back and forth gradually eased the pain and agitation of my head. What? What are you doing? This is... Mm, if Garf needs to cry, I think there's a specific place where boys are allowed to cry. Although I forgot where, I remember the lady telling me about it. For a moment, she seemed to be giving an answer. But her train of thought drifted away. In order to keep my heart from shaking, in order to keep my voice from trembling, I chose my words carefully. Like this, holding me, Mimi giggled. <laughs> well, although I've forgotten, is it the feeling of a woman's chest? Is it like that? That's it! It's alright for a man to cry on the chest of a woman he's interested in. Who'd be interested in a midget like ya? 
the one Garfield was interested in was a woman who was never kind when I wanted her to be. The one I least expected, after which she would beat me with her fists. She was a woman who was incredibly difficult to deal with. The girl in front of me did not resemble her at all. However, she was still smiling despite my answer. That's fine. Even if Garfield's not in love with Mimi, Mimi already is! Hey, a girl who likes Garf? So, Mimi's chest. It's okay to cry there. <laughs> what a foolish notion. What was this? Some kind of language game? It was only a child's excuse, loaded with nothing but assertiveness. There was obviously nothing, so stop kidding around. Tiger. Tiger. Where did you go? Right now, come back to my heart. Howl your deep, ferocious roar. Beat this slouched back. Force me to wake up and do something with my feelings. Otherwise. Otherwise. Otherwise, it'll be too late. Mother. Enough. Enough. Enough! Stop talking! Don't make such a weak voice! Don't cry with such a weak voice! He was a tiger. A tiger. The most powerful. The strongest. Sturdier than anyone! Strongest of the shields! However... Mother... Mama... Mama! <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why did you forget me? I've met you after all this time! Can't my amazing self even call you mom? It's alright. Garfield's a good boy. A good boy. Mama! Mama! <laughs> Tiger. Tiger. Where did you go? What do I look like now? Stars. Moon. Sky. Tell me. What do I look like now? If I can't be a roaring tiger. Then, what do I look like right now?